Twisted, the show where we reward the contestant who can best misuse scripture to mean whatever they want. <laughs> Let's meet our contestants. She's a no-nonsense mother of three who believes she knows everything about the Bible. Welcome, Helen! Going up against her today is this confused man. Say hello to Doug! I'm not really sure why I'm here. Time for our first challenge. Take any verse out of context. Helen! John 14, 13, Jesus said, whatever you ask in his name, he will give to you. So if you don't get what you want, then that means that my faith is better than yours. Ah, John 14, 13, just got Helen 14.13 points. <laughs> that brings us to our first break. But there'll be more twisted right after this 34-minute commercial. All right, you heard that, right? 34 minutes. I heard that. Come on, I heard that. Hey, uh, I am so excited today to uh, jump into uh, this series, Twisted. Uh, if you haven't heard, what we're going to do uh, over the series is we are going to look at those verses that so often, both inside the church and out there in culture, uh, get twisted, right? They get used over and over and over again. Unfortunately, uh, they get used in inappropriate ways, right? Just not consistent with what, what the Word teaches. They just somehow uh, get uh, twisted. So we're going to do that over the next, uh, next few weeks here, yeah, next four weeks. And uh, next week, uh, I know this is, uh, we're pretty full today, by the way. Um, next week, move to the middle, will you? Because I saw people actually walking up and down the aisles looking for seats, a little plug there, but uh, we're pretty full at this service, but it's going to even more packed, I hope, next week, because next week we're going to deal with what I think is the number one twisted verse, right, that gets twisted in the, in, in the church as well as out there in culture, especially with non-Christians. When you're trying to share your faith and witness, number one verse. Any guess what it is? If I say the word judge, you say? Judge. Not lest ye be judged. You know this verse, right? That's the one we're going to look at uh, next week. So I'm kind of excited for that one. Uh, today, though, we're going to look at uh, another verse that gets used inappropriately. It's John 14, 13, and 14. Okay? And uh, read it for you. It says, and uh, I will do, Jesus is talking to his followers. He says, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will uh, do it. Okay, so when you first hear that verse, when you first hear those two verses together, uh, what pops out at you, right? Uh, usually, this is what pops out for people, right? This is fantastic! Jesus, Lord of Lord, King of Kings, uh, the maker of the universe, he just told me that I can ask for what. Ever, and I can ask for anything, and he's going to do what? Deliver. How fantastic is that? I mean, it's right there. And Jesus talking, I will do what? Whatever. How good is that? We like whatever's, right? I'll do whatever, right? And then after it, you ask me for Anything? Are you awake? I'm awake up here. I can tell. I'm pretty excited about this one. I, if you can't tell, I'm pumped. Anything, whatever, that's fantastic, right? 
Now, the trouble is when you look at that and you look at only those pieces of the verse, what is the focus? Whom is the focus of those two sections? He will do whatever I ask. He will do anything I ask. What's the center? Well, that shouldn't surprise us. We kind of like that, right? We like me being the center. I being the center of things. We kind of live our life thinking about me in the middle and everything around me should focus on and be to my benefit, right? That old Adam stuff. We like the I, right? And so when you only look at the verse and the way culture often does, or even people in the church, and you think about, well, he's got to give whatever. He's got to deliver, right? What do we do? We make God out into kind of being our at-demand genie, right? Because what is a genie supposed to do? A genie is supposed to do whatever I ask. Anything I ask. And in the Christian community, we even layer on top of it, according to that verse, we even layer on top of it the golden lamp, right? And we use the golden lamp. And the golden lamp in the verse is we do it all in the name of Jesus. <laughs> right? So whatever or anything I ask, as long as I do it and I say, but Jesus, give it to me, then I got to get it because the verse says, whatever I ask, anything I ask, as long as I ask, in the name of Jesus, I get it. Right? Now this is how serious this is. You ready? My previous church, I was visiting a young woman, 43 years old, mother of two. She was dying of cancer. Visited her in the hospital. It was the last week of her life. I sat. We visited. I talked with her about faith. I talked with her about hope. I talked to her about a future in the kingdom of heaven. Her sister's pastor showed up. He walked over the bed, didn't spend very long, greeted her, talked to her just briefly, asked, can we pray? How do you say no to that? Sure. We prayed. And in the prayer, he named it and he claimed it. He named it and said, right now, healing. The cancer is going to be dispelled. The cancer is going to be driven out of her body. And it's all going to be done how? In the name of Jesus. And I couldn't talk to her when he walked out the door again about faith and hope and the power of God for the kingdom. That's how serious this is. When we twist Scripture it guts the opportunity of that Scripture and the Holy Spirit to do powerful things. She died, by the way, a week later. It is so vital for us that we understand the power of the Word and we understand it the way He gave it to us, the way He intended. You ready to jump into John 14, 13, 14? Amen. Good? Let's do it. 
So here's some keys. When you're going to jump into Scripture and you're going to look at these verses and you want to understand what is he really trying to, trying to say, here's a, two things we're going to give you today and through the whole series that you, you need to do in order to make sure you're hearing what it is God wants you to hear, right? First thing you need to do is you need to think about what's going on here. What is the context, right? What, what is this happening? What's going on around this verse? Well, this is coming from the Gospel of John right? So first of all, it's coming from the Gospel of John. Well, that's one of the interesting Gospels that we have because the Gospel of John has an overarching theme where it wants to expose us to not just Jesus, but it wants to expose us to the divine nature of Jesus. So we just went through Christmas, and you think about the Christmas stories. Well, 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 what Gospels do the Christmas stories come from where it talks about about, about the baby being born in human form. Well, it's not the Gospels of John, Gospel of John, right? What's John's Christmas story? Well, John starts out saying, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then he jumps, you jump later on, and he says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us full of grace and truth. That's his Christmas story. Because he wants us to understand from the get-go the incredible divine nature of Jesus. So there's one context. There's one overarching theme of the Gospel of John. And you look and say, okay, well, we're in John. We're in the 14th chapter. Well, a whole lot of ministry has taken place in Jesus' life already. So where are we in that ministry? Well, in chapter 13 of John's Gospel... Jesus takes his disciples and they gather up in the upper room. And that's where he takes a towel and a basin and he washes their feet. And then he begins to talk to them about how he's going to be betrayed and delivered into the hands of sinful men and crucified and three days rise again. He even goes so far as to say, Peter, by the way, you're going to deny me three times. What is he telling them? He's preparing them and saying, listen, this is what's going to happen. And it means I am going to leave you. I'm going to leave you. And so we get in chapter 14, the first verse of 14. What's his first words to the disciples? Well, in that context of his departure, he says to the disciples, what? Do not let your hearts be troubled. Would their hearts been troubled in that moment? Absolutely. They're going to, what, do you, what, what, what are you talking about you're going to leave? You're supposed to take over the throne of, of What are you talking about? So in 14, he starts with a word of reassurance. A word of reassurance. He says, listen, don't let your hearts be troubled. And then he goes into a key theme of chapter 14. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. He uses a word two times. What's the word? Believe. See it? Believe. There's a theme in this chapter that is calling to followers and saying, listen, in life, as you face the challenges and the difficulties, the stuff you're going through, you you just got to let belief pull you through. Right? And we're going to see this over and over again. 
belief becomes a theme. And so they, he has this discussion with them, and he says, look, there's many rooms. I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. Then I'm going to come back and get you so you can be where I am, right? And, the, and they're taking all this in, and Philip is confused by it because Jesus just said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes uh, to the Father except through me. And so Philip asks a question. He says, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Enough for us to what? To believe. Show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. So Philip is now asking a question in the midst of the confusion and saying, listen, how, how do we believe this? How, how do we know this is true? How can, how can we do what you're asking of us? How can we believe this? Verse 11. Remember what our verses are, 13 and 14, right? So now we're up to verse 11. Verse 11, Jesus says what? Believe. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father, the Father is me in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. What just happened? He called them again to believe, and then he answered Philip's question, didn't he? He called them to believe, and he says, listen, Philip, just you got to just believe, man. you got to just believe. And if you need evidence, which Philip asked for, if you need evidence... Just remember the works. Just remember the works. So we got now belief and works going on in the context of this conversation with Jesus. Just just believe and understand. If, if you need support for that belief, just remember the works. Just look for the works. Okay? You with me? Now we get to verse 12. Remember what our, what's our verses? 13 and 14, right? Verse right before... Our verses, he says, very truly, that's always a, a, a faith statement when Jesus says, very truly, it's like you can count on this one, right? Very truly, I tell you, whoever does what? Believes. Whoever believes in me will do the works. Saw it again, right? Whoever believes in me will do the works that I've been doing, and they'll do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. What do you just do? You can not only believe, you can not only believe and look at the works that he did, but you're going to see Philip evidence every day in your life because I'm going to do greater things because I'm going away to the Father through you. You can believe. And you can believe because you're going to see, you're going to experience, you're going to have happen in your life greater works even than what you've seen me do. You're going to experience the power of the kingdom of God unleashed in your life. And so believe and get ready for greater things. Cool stuff? That's pretty awesome. Good. <laughs> Woo, I'm excited about that. Okay? Then comes our verses. Then comes our verses. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that... The Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask, ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Now, remember when we started today, we got self-focused, and we pulled out the first and last part of the verses, right? The I-centered stuff. What did we miss? We missed the so that. I underlined it for you. We missed the so that. What's in the heart? What's at the heart of these verses. Yeah, he's going to do incredible works, incredible things, 
greater things than we could think or imagine. He's going to do amazing things, and we can ask for amazing things so that, what? The Father may be glorified in the Son. What's the focus of the ask? Remember Genie and Aladdin, right? The focus of the ask was me. When you drill into the verse, the focus of the ask is he, not me. He, not me. He's saying, Philip, you can ask for awesome things for the kingdom of heaven. You can ask God to do incredible things in your life for the glory of the Father and the witness of the Son. That's the context. You with me? All right, let's do step number two. That's context. Step number two is when you get to look into Scripture, you need to make sure when you look at one verse that you weigh that verse up with other Scripture, right? Because Scripture interprets Scripture, right? You never just want to take one verse and say, well, that's it. It's right there. One verse. That's all I needed. Look what it says. That's what it says. <laughs> no, you need, to, you need to look broadly. You need to look beyond that because Jesus has made the same promise, talked about the same things in other places in Scripture, right? And things that influence. So like here in James 4, he said, whatever you ask, well, what does it mean to ask? What, what's important for us to know from Scripture, other Scripture, about how we ask and what influences the ask, right? So James 4 says, when you ask, you don't receive because you ask with wrong motives. So apparently, Scripture is telling us when it comes to this ask experience, our motives for the ask are vitally important. Is it about me or is it about he? What's your motive? Vitally important. Look at Proverbs. All a person, uh, person's ways seem pure to them, but motives are weighed up by the Lord. You see, our motives are vital to our ask. There's more. You can go to John 15, which is the next chapter. We're in 14, the next chapter. And he says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish. There it is. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. But there's a big, small word at the very beginning. What's the big, small word at the beginning? If. 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 If what? If. You're in me, and you're in my words, then you can ask. Well, how can he make that kind of blank statement? How can he make a blank check like that? Well, if you're in relationship with him, and you're consistently in his word, whatever you ask for is going to grow out of that relationship and that word. Does this make sense? And so he can make the statement because he's, listen, if you're in me and we're in this constant relationship, and if you're growing in the word, then I know whatever you ask for is going to be kingdom-focused ask. And so he can say, yeah, we're going to do incredible. He told Philip, we're going to do incredible, greater things. So go ahead and ask, right? Or we can look again at our verse, 13 and 14 in John 14, and it says, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, but the middle, right? So that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask anything uh, for me, for anything in my name, and I will do it. 
right? Same, same principle, right? It's asking with the right motives according to kingdom principles. So we look at other scripture and we say, well, what is that in scripture? Where do he say this elsewhere? And, and what, what is he saying there that influences what he's saying here? So if we do that with this verse, we can see that when it comes to this verse, John 13, uh, 14, 13 and 14, well, what really matters is God's will. It's, it's at the heart of 13, literally at the heart of 13 and 14, right? Well, what's God's will? So when we make an ask, we, we make that ask, but we ask, what's God's will in this, right? What's the motive? What, what, how does the kingdom glorifying, right? John 1, 5, John again, John 1, 1 John 1, 5 says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything, same words, if we ask anything, but look what follows. Say it with me, will you? According to his will. Wow. What a qualifier, right? So it's not just to make an ask for anything, to just make an ask for everything. It's, wait a minute, what what are you asking for that is kingdom work and God glorifying? We can ask, but we ask for whatever is kingdom work and God glorifying. Let me give you an example. It happened in the life of one of our own people here, right? One of our own people was dying of cancer and I uh, met with, with this person uh, repeatedly, and we talked about the experience of what, what they were going through. And in the course of the experience, you know, of course, we prayed and we asked God, if, if it's your will, if it's your desire, boy, we sure do ask for healing, right? But you know what else happened in the conversation and what else we asked for? This person said, listen, I'll ask for the healing, but if it doesn't come, that's okay. What I really want to ask for, what's really important to me, I can go through cancer. I can go through even dying of cancer if other people will look at my life and my experience and believe in Jesus. Now that's a kingdom ask. Amen? That's it. God? Yeah, sure. I'd love to be healed. Absolutely. But that's not what's really important. What's really important is in this experience, the Son be glorified. And somebody else come to faith. That's a kingdom ask. Right motives, kingdom motives, godly motives, you see? And we could ask. We could ask. You see, it matters when we ask in God's will. That's why in the verse it says, and I will do whatever you ask, what? In my name, right? So the Father may be glorified. You may ask anything, what? In my name. You ever had the experience where uh, you're talking to somebody and they're, they're telling you a story about a friend or uh, a neighbor, or acquaintance you know pretty well, right? And they're, they're telling you a story about that, about that person and you're listening to it and the whole time you're like, I don't know, I mean, that, that doesn't sound like him, right? You had that experience? You know, that doesn't add up because that just doesn't sound like him. Well, why does that happen? Well, you're saying, wait, the story isn't consistent with his name, right? It's not consistent with everything I attach to his name, right? Well, that's the same thing here, that what we ask for needs to be consistent with his name, right? It's not our ask. It's, is this an ask that Jesus would ask? Is this an ask that Jesus would desire? Is this an ask that is identified with his name? That everybody would know, yeah, 
that absolutely Jesus would want. This is an ask that even he would ask for. It's right there in his words that we pray every week here at Christ Church, right? The ask. It's, we pray it every week, right? We call it the Lord's Prayer. He taught it to us. It's his own thing. It says, listen, this is how you ask. And what do we pray for? Your kingdom come, your will be done. What's the subtext? Not mine. Not mine. Your will be done. Your kingdom. Just like in heaven, let it invade here. You with me? You see, that's the kingdom ask. That's the kingdom ask. So we look at context. We look at other scripture. We say, okay, how we bring that all together and say, well, so what, what is God really trying to say here? And then the third step we've got to take is what difference does that make to our daily life? How do we then apply that into our daily life. And we can look at John 14, 13, and 15 and say, what an incredible, great gift those verses are to us. Because if nothing else, they invite us to ask. Right? If you look again at the verses, it says, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may do what? Ask. You can ask. Asking is good. Right? In fact, we ought to ask. We ought to be asking every single day. And we ought to ask for big things. Because he said what to Philip? Even greater things than what you've seen in me. Even greater works than what you've seen in me. This is going to happen in you. So we can ask. And we can ask for big things. i got to tell you, warn you. I ask for big things for Christ's church every day. Every day. I ask God to do incredible, bigger things for Christ's church. So you better be ready because I'm not stopping asking. Right? I hope you join me. I hope every day you're asking God to double the size of this place in the next three years, five years, two years. I don't know. But ask. Ask big things. We can ask if the ask is with the right motives and for his glory. So we get to ask. And we ask believing. And we're going to ask some things that are pretty personal. And we can ask. It's okay to ask. But we got to be able to ultimately say, listen, Lord, you're not here to serve me. I'm here to serve you. Right? That's how it got twisted. The Aladdin thing, as if God is somehow here to serve us. No, we're here to serve him for those greater works. And so we need to just be able to say, wait, I'm going to believe. I'm going to ask, and I'm going to ask for big stuff, kingdom stuff. But I'm going to believe no matter what. That's what he was asking of Philip and the disciples. Just believe, no matter what. It's like the guys in the fiery furnace. I love these guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You remember the story out of the book of Daniel, right? Three guys, they won't fall down and worship like the king wants them to. So the king says, hey, you're going in the fire, man. And, and they say, okay, all right. And they say what? Look, you can throw us into a blazing furnace, but the God that we know... The God that we serve, he is able to save us. We believe that. And he will rescue us from your power, your majesty. We believe that. But look at the next verse, the next words. But even if he doesn't, what are they going to do? 
they're still going to believe. They're still going to believe. You see, that's the invitation of John 14, 13, and 14. The invitation in our daily life is to ask. To ask for big kingdom things. To just bring it to the Lord and put it in front of Him. But to ask believing. And even if it doesn't happen the way we want, we believe anyway. We just believe anyway. It is the invitation to ask and believe and make ourselves available for greater works. Okay, so here's the questions for the week. They're on your half sheet for you. I hope you're going to take them home and you think about uh, this verse now in your own life as we've unpacked it. Think about how it applies to you. I gave you some hints on things that you should uh, think about. Ask yourself as you think about how you do this, how you make these asks in your own life. And, uh, you know, maybe there's something that you've been asking for that's all about you, like that red Mustang convertible you've wanted your whole life, right? Uh, Maybe there's something you're asking about that's all about you that you just need to let go of. Just, you know, let go of it, right? Um, And instead, start asking about how can your life be used for greater work? What does God need to do, can he do, that you're just going to make yourself available to? And then just asking on a daily basis according to those godly motives. Don't give up. Just believe and just keep asking. And then four, to get your faith growing. If you remain in me and you remain in my words, right? Get that faith growing so that you'll be able to believe no matter what. Let's pray. Father, thanks today for uh, a great word, a great couple of verses in John there. And, uh, Lord, sometimes we feel like those disciples that uh, we feel, you know, alone and uh, discouraged. And uh, we know that we face difficulties in a broken world. And thank you for giving us the invitation to ask that we can ask today. Uh, But not, not just, you know, asking for ourselves, but asking somehow for the kingdom. That whatever's going on in our lives, that you'd be involved in it and you'd use it for the kingdom. That you'd, you'd use it in a greater way than, than we can think or imagine. So, Lord, we just want to humble ourselves this morning and come before you and just ask with the right motives. Just use us. We're here to serve you. We know that. We're here to serve you. And so be with us in the difficulties and the challenges and uh, hear our ask. And, Lord, we're going to believe. We're just going to believe. Uh, no matter what, no matter what the response, we're going to believe because we know, we know, we've seen your work. So, Lord, we put this to you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.